0: Well, hello, and welcome to Faith Life three sixty five. This is episode number thirty one. Now, if you've missed past episodes, you can go back and listen and get caught up. Uh, also, if you'd prefer to read uh, uh, or listen, uh, go to the website at www.faithlife365.org, and you can read from the blog uh, or uh, listen from the uh, podcast on uh, Podbean and and uh, some other sites. There, uh, we also have a Rumble video channel and a YouTube video channel, and they're all uh, both of those will be Faith Life 365, all is one word uh, for the channel. And uh, so, now in this episode, uh, we're going to continue talking about the end times. So let's say a prayer here and get started. Father God, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to read and study your word and see the awesomeness that is in it. Father, open our eyes now that we may see and our ears that we may hear. Father, renew our faith as we hear your word. Lord, let us grow stronger and deeper into you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Now, we're going to jump right in here and kind of Uh, I'd like to recap uh, where we left off in the last episode, number 30 there. Uh, We talked about how bad things will be during the tribulation and uh, how God's word says in 1 Thessalonians that Jesus delivers those who truly serve the living God uh, from the wrath to come. Now, the church will not go through the tribulation, but will be raptured, called away to be with Jesus, the bridegroom. And... uh, We will return with Jesus at his second coming, clothed in pure white linen, riding on horses. sounds pretty awesome, doesn't it? Now, we talked about the customs and how Jewish weddings were performed in the days when Jesus was teaching on the earth. We talked about 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and the Apostle Paul saying, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. We also talked about uh, the last trump and how it fits perfectly with the Feast of Trumpets. Uh, The first four feasts of the Lord have been fulfilled perfectly and in order. Uh, There are three feasts remaining to be fulfilled, and the next feast in order is the Feast of Trumpets. So now, uh, as we continue on the topic of in times, there's there's something that's on my heart uh, that I feel led to discuss. Um, in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells the parable of the ten virgins or bridesmaids. I'm not going to read the entire parable, but summarizing it, uh, of the ten bridesmaids, five were foolish and did not bring enough oil for their lamps. They tried to borrow oil from uh, the other five. And they were told, no, uh, go buy your own oil. You know, we came prepared. But I I do want to read now Matthew chapter 25, verses uh, 10 through 13 of the New Living Translation. It says, But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside, calling, "'Lord, Lord, open the door for us!' But he called back, "'Believe me, I don't know you.' So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return." Now, throughout Matthew chapters 24 and 25, Jesus is speaking of the end times. And we need to, to very carefully consider the words of this parable that Jesus told. Jesus says there are ten bridesmaids, of which five are foolish. Now, the church is called the bride. So we, the church, are the bridesmaids. And we're awaiting our wedding day when we are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb with Jesus, the bridegroom. Now, could this parable be telling us... That as much as half of those profession to be Christ, or professing rather to be Christians, are really not prepared to meet Jesus. Uh, all ten bridesmaids were dressed up for a wedding, uh, but they were not all fully prepared. They had on the dress, but they didn't have oil for their lamps. They were not truly prepared for the wedding. See, the bridegroom came while they were out, and they were shut out of the wedding. And Jesus said, "Believe me." I know you not. So how many people in the world today are all dressed up for the wedding? They look and act the part, but they've not truly accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Uh, John chapter 10, verses 24 through 30, and this is the New Living Translation, says, Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. I and my Father are one. Now, a good question to ask yourself, maybe we should all ask ourselves, do I hear the voice of Jesus? Do I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? Do I hear the voice of God? Now, I'm not speaking about an audible, thundering voice booming, though maybe you might. But do do you hear an inner voice inside that's prompting you to stop doing something in your life? Or maybe to start doing something differently in your life? See, this is the voice I'm speaking of. Another question, am I following Jesus? Am I following the Word of God? Now, Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23 of the New Living Translation. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will pr- reply, I, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. John chapter three, verses 16 through 21. This is English Standard Version. says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and the people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked hates the light and does not come into the light. Least his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Now Romans uh, chapter 10 verses 9 through 10, English Standard Version. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Now there are many more scriptures that we could read. See, the point is is I believe God has placed on my spirit that there are many people today who go to church but have never really accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Now I've heard people say uh, uh, they'll just say out loud, just just telling other people just say out loud that you believe Jesus and you're saved. Well, that's that's not scriptural, you see. You have to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. You do need to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. But, but you have to believe it in your heart, and you have to confess with your mouth that you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and that He is Lord to make Him Lord of your life. See, many people, they believe that as long as they live a good, clean life and and are good to other people that they're going to go to heaven. Well, this is not what the Word of God says. See, many churches today, they do not teach and follow the Word of God. Many are trying to be politically correct, so as not to offend anyone, or, or maybe they're just trying to get more people to go to church. Uh, they're adopting policies and teachings that allow things that are condemned uh, and called sin in the Word of God. Jesus And the apostles warned us of this. Now, CBN News published an article. It was titled, New Survey Reveals Most Americans and Many Who Identify as Christians No Longer Believe in Absolute Moral Truth. An excerpt uh, from the first paragraph of this article, article, it says, Past generations have looked to a source outside themselves, namely God and the Bible, for determining morality and truth. But a new study from the Cultural Research Center CRC, at Arizona Christian University, shows that some 58% of Americans surveyed no longer believe that uh, believe that, and instead say it's up to the individual to decide what is true or moral. Another finding in the survey, only 43% of those surveyed who identify as born-again Christians still embrace absolute truth. There are many more of what i consider stunning results that was found in in this survey uh, of those identifying as born-again christians but interestingly they are much in line with the parable of the bridesmaids and that approximately 50 percent of those identifying as born-again christians do not appear to actually believe the word of god to be absolute truth now if this is true then there may be many identifying as born-again Christians finding themselves still here after the rapture of the church takes place. I don't say these things to scare people. Uh, I say these things so that if you're one of those people who do not believe the Word of God is absolute truth and you do not truly believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God and that He died, shed His blood, and was raised from the dead by God Almighty to pay for our sins, then you need to seriously consider what you do believe if what you believe, or perhaps what you've been taught or led to believe, is not in line with the Word of God, and you do not truly believe in, in your heart that Jesus died for your sins and God raised Him from the dead, you are not truly saved and you have not received eternal life through Christ Jesus. See, being a good person, going to church, helping others, and singing in the choir... That's not going to get you into heaven. I mean, it's good, but it's not going to get you into heaven. So if you're not sure and you are seeking truth, pray directly to God, ask Him to open your eyes, speak to your heart, read and study God's word, and ask Jesus into your heart. And I guarantee you that if you're sincere and you seek God's face, He will give you the answers that you're searching for. I just I felt that strong in my spirit to say those things. Uh, so now let's continue with our look at the end times. So we read from the prophet Daniel in earlier episodes and were able to show that the prophecy explained by the angel Gabriel happened just exactly as it was prophesied to the day. Jerusalem was destroyed again in 70 AD and the Israelites were taken captive by the, uh, then Roman General Titus and scattered around the world. We are still left with the final seven years of the 490 years that were prophesied. When will this final seven years of the tribulation period begin, and how will we be able to know that it's beginning? Well, let's take a look at Isaiah 11, chapter 11, verse 11, and this is the English Standard Version. In that day the Lord will extend His hand, and yet a second time to recover the remnant, that remains of his people from Assyria, from Egypt, from Pathros, from Cush, and from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath, and from the coastlands of the sea. He will raise a signal for the nations and will assemble the banished of Israel and gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Now the prophet Isaiah is telling us that God is going to bring the Israelites back and make them a nation again. They will return to the lands God promised them from around the world and become a nation. Now, no nation in history has been destroyed twice and returned again as a nation except for Israel. Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 8, English Standard Version says, Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall a land be born in one day? Shall a nation be brought forth in one moment? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she brought forth her children. Now, this is an excerpt from the United States State Department Office of the Historian articles titled Creation of Israel 1948. Now, I'm quoting from this article. President Franklin D. Roosevelt had assured the Arabs in 1945 that the United States would not intervene without consulting with both the Jews and the Arabs in that region. The British, who held a colonial mandate for Palestine in May of 19 until May of 1948, opposed both the creation of a Jewish state and an Arab state in Palestine, as well as unlimited immigration of Jewish refugees to the region. That ends the quote. Now, on April the 12th, of 1945, Franklin D. Roosevelt died of a brain hemorrhage, and Vice President uh, Truman was immediately sworn in as President of the United States. The British colonial mandate over Palestine expired in May of 1948. And on May the 14th of 1948, David Ben-Gurion, the head of the Jewish Agency, proclaimed the establishment of the State of Israel. And then President Harry S. Truman recognized the new nation of Israel on the same day which was May 14th 1948. And in one day, one day Israel became a nation again. And again, prophecy fulfilled. Now let's look at Luke uh, chapter 21, verse 20, and this is the New Living Translation. And when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then you will know that the time of its destruction has arrived. Then those in Judea must flee to the hills. Those in Jerusalem must get out and those... Out in the country should not return to the city, for those will be the days of God's vengeance, and the prophetic words of the Scriptures will be fulfilled. How terrible it will be for pregnant women and for nursing mothers in those days, for there will be disaster in the land and great anger against His people. They will be killed by the sword or sent away as captives to all the nations of the world, and Jerusalem will be trampled down by the Gentiles until the period of the Gentiles comes to an end. See, Jesus is describing the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD and the Israelites being scattered into all nations of the world. Now, we know this happened. Jesus said, Jerusalem will be trampled down by the Gentiles until the period of the Gentiles comes to an end. So has this happened? Well, in 1948, Israel received only half of the city of Jerusalem. But in 1967, Israel decisively defeated the Arab states of Egypt, Syria, and Jordan during the Six-Day War. That was fought from June 5th through the 10th in 1967. Israel seized all of Jerusalem from Jordan along with Gaza and the West Bank, the Golan Heights, and the Sinai. In June of 1967, Jerusalem was fully returned to Israel and the period of the Gentiles came to an end. Again, the words of Jesus were fulfilled. In 2017, President Donald J. Trump recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. In 2018, President Trump moved the United States Embassy to Jerusalem. Now, here's a statement by Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu in reference to President Trump recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. He says, I want to tell you that the Jewish people have a long memory So we remember the proclamation of the great king, Cyrus the Great. The Persian king, 2,500 years ago, he proclaimed that the Jewish exiles in Babylon could come back and rebuild our temple in Jerusalem. We remember a 100 years ago, Lord Balfour, who issued the Balfour Proclamation that recognized the rights of the Jewish people in our ancestral homeland. We remember 70 years ago, President Harry S. Truman was the first leader to recognize the Jewish state. And we remember how a few weeks ago, President Donald J. Trump recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Mr. President, this will be remembered by our people through the ages. And that ends the quote. Now, I don't know if you are seeing this as I am, but we are watching Bible prophecies being fulfilled right before our eyes. We are living and watching this being fulfilled. Zechariah chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Uh, this is the New Living Translation. This message concerning the fate of Israel came from the Lord. This message is from the Lord who stretched out the heavens, laid the foundations of the earth, and formed the human spirit. I will make Jerusalem like an intoxicating drink that makes the nearby nations stagger when they send their armies to besiege Jerusalem and Judah. On that day, I will make Jerusalem an immovable immovable rock. All the nations will gather against it to try to move it, but they will only hurt themselves. Now, the United Nations have been firmly against Israel since before they became a nation in 1948. They were infuriated when President Truman recognized Israel as a nation. If you go back and read the history, President Franklin D. Roosevelt was more in agreement with the United Nations on Israel not becoming a state or a nation. And I find it interesting that the same year he spoke out, given Arab nations' assurances, he died of a brain hemorrhage. Now, things have not changed much when it comes to the United Nations. In fact, they seem to have become even more hostile towards Israel, uh, if that's possible. An excerpt from an opinion piece by uh, Sean Derns, this was published in December the 13th of 2018. is on the Fox News website. Quote, in 2018, the UN General Assembly passed 21 resolutions condemning Israel and a mere six for the rest of the world, according to UN Watch, a Geneva-based NGO that monitors the international body. Israel, a democracy, was condemned seven times more than the brutal North Korean dictatorship, which still runs gulags and was the subject of a mere three resolutions. Indeed, just on November the 15th, 2018, the General Assembly adopted nine resolutions against Israel, all while ignoring human rights situations in China, Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, Cuba, Turkey, and Pakistan, for example. End quote of the article. Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 3 says, "All the nations will gather against it to try to move it, but they will only hurt themselves." See, in my opinion, this prophecy has been fulfilled, or at least, at a minimum, it's in the actual process of being fulfilled before our eyes. The United Nations is not a representation of every single nation on the earth, but it's recognized and as, as an organization uh, that primarily represents the nations of the earth. So when this organization is constantly attacking israel i believe this fulfills the prophecy that all the nations will gather against it to try to move it especially as the united nations is on a quest right now to force israel to give up a large portion of jerusalem and other land now that's going to be all for this episode i want you to join me Uh, In episode 32, as we continue to talk about the end times prophecies, uh, we'll pick up right here where we left off. I want to thank you for listening. May God bless you and keep you today and every day as we grow in faith and live the faith life 365 days per year.